0: As we um, went through our Sunday school lesson, I was, uh, I was thinking how much um, the message uh, is sort of dovetails the uh, Sunday school lesson. Uh, my message this morning is uh, from Jeremiah 14 and 15. Now, I know we just studied Jeremiah in our Sunday school lesson. Uh, quarter, uh, the last one. Studied some lessons from Jeremiah. Well, however, uh, I looked uh, back in the quarterly and lesson 14 and 15, or Jeremiah 14 and 15 was not discussed. Uh, this, uh, These two chapters are um, it's, it's somewhat of a a conversation it's a conversation between God and Jeremiah the Lord speaks to Jeremiah and then and then uh, Jeremiah's response or his speaking to the Lord and uh, this goes back and forth and so my message title this morning is Jeremiah converses with God I probably could have used other passages in the prophets like this because uh, you find this as you read through the the prophets of the Old Testament you find that there are uh, uh, many times like this that God will speak to the prophet and the prophet will respond and then God will speak again and it's kind of a like a dialogue and uh, that's what we have this morning in these two chapters <clears throat> the uh, at the end of the 15th chapter the last, uh, like from 15 to 21, is a passage of scripture that has intrigued me for many years. I first heard a message on this uh, passage of scripture probably 40 years ago at a minister's meeting. An older, uh, an older minister preached on this. And uh, I guess ever since that, this part of uh, Jeremiah has uh, intrigued me and uh, perhaps as we uh, finish up the message this morning you'll, you'll see why that is. <clears throat> we find that uh, in this conversation Jeremiah learned some valuable things. He learned some lessons uh, from the times that he was living in. And I guess the question I have for us this morning then, can we also learn from it? And I'm going to read these chapters and somewhat of uh, outline form i'll be telling you what uh, kind of the the titles to the sections as we read okay first of all in the 14th chapter and verse one god is describing in the first six verses he's describing a famine that they were experiencing in uh in Jerusalem and Judah at this time, this was a, a very, as we learned in uh, in um, Sunday school lessons, uh, this was a very um, very bad time for Israel. It was just prior to their uh, taking into captivity. It was a, a time of uh, death. It was a time of famine. It was a time when they hardly knew. Uh, what, would, what, would, what to expect, what would come next. And so here, in this first six verses, God is describing this famine. The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah concerning the, de- the dearth. Judah mourneth, and the gates thereof languisheth. They are black under the ground, and the cry of Jerusalem is gone up. And their nobles have sent their little ones to the waters. They came to the pits and found no water. They returned with their vessels empty. They were ashamed and confounded and covered their heads because the ground is chapped, for there is no rain in the earth. The plowmen were ashamed. They covered their heads. Yea, the hind also calved in the field and forsook it because there was no grass. And the wild asses did stand in the high place. They snuffed up the wind like dragons. Their eyes did fail because there was no grass. And then uh, Jeremiah responds to this, what God told him about the famine. Uh, He acknowledges their sin, and he also acknowledges God's greatness. This is in verse uh, 7 through 9. O Lord, though our iniquities testify against us, do thou it for thy name's sake, for our backslidings are many, we have sinned against thee. O oh, the hope of Israel, the Savior thereof in time of trouble, why shouldst thou be as a stranger in the land, and as a wayfaring man, that turneth aside to tarry for a night? Why shouldst thou be as a man astonished, as a mighty man that cannot save? Yet thou, O Lord, art in the midst of us, and we are called by thy name, leave us not. And then uh, God goes on to, his response to Jeremiah then, he goes on to uh, explain their, um, his rejection of their attempt to worship. And this is in the next two verses, verses 10, or in three verses, for, uh, verses 10 through 12. And this is what God told Jeremiah. Thus saith the Lord unto this people, thus have they loved to wander, They have not refrained their feet. Therefore the Lord does not accept them. He will not remember their iniquity. He he will now remember their iniquity and visit their sins. Then said the Lord unto me, Pray not for this people for their good. When they fast, I will not hear their cry. When they offer burnt offerings and an oblation, I will not accept them. I will consume them by the sword, and by famine, and by pestilence. And then... uh, Jeremiah responds by uh, telling God, uh, reminding God of what uh, his fellow prophets or the the other prophets around him, what they are saying. And this is what Jeremiah tells God. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, the prophets say unto them, Ye shall not see the sword, neither shall ye have famine, but I will give you assured peace in this place. Okay, then... uh, then the Lord speaking again to Jeremiah and he explains how uh, these lying prophets will be exposed and how they will be punished so that's in uh, verses 14 to 17 and I'll read those then the Lord said unto me the prophets prophesy lies in my name I sent them not neither have I commanded them neither spake unto them they prophesy unto you a false vision And divination, and a thing of naught, and a deceit of their heart. Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that prophesy in my name, and I sent them not. Yet they say, Sword and famine shall not be in this land. By sword and famine shall these prophets be consumed. And the people to whom they prophesy shall be cast out in the streets of Jerusalem, because of the famine and the sword. They shall have none to bury them, their wives their sons nor their daughters for I will pour their wickedness upon them therefore thou shalt say this word unto them let mine eyes run down with tears night and day and let them not cease for the virgin daughter of my people is broken with a great breach with a very grievous blow and then uh, Jeremiah responds by uh, Uh, pleading for God's help. And uh, also he once again uh, uh, admits their wickedness. And uh, so he says this, If I go forth into the field, then behold the slain with the sword. And if I enter into the city, then behold them that are sick with famine. Yea, both the prophet and the priest go about into a land that they know not. Hast thou utterly rejected Judah? Hath thy soul loathed Zion? Why hast thou smitten us, and there is no healing for us? We look for peace, and there is no good, and for the time of healing, and behold, trouble. We acknowledge, O Lord, our wickedness and the iniquity of our fathers, for we have sinned against thee. Do not abhor us for thy name's sake. Do not disgrace the throne of thy glory. Remember, break not thy covenant with us. Are there any among the... Vanities of the Gentiles that can cause rain, or can the heavens give showers? Art not thou, O Lord, our God? Therefore, we will wait upon thee, for thou hast made all things. He is pleading, uh, pleading here with God for help, and uh, and and uh, once again admitting their their uh, sin and their wickedness, and uh, and yet the, he realizes that God is a God of mercy, and he's he's pleading that. God would help and not forget them and then uh, in the in the 15th chapter the first nine verses then uh, God is explaining again to Jeremiah why he is not coming to their aid why he has rejected their their prayer for help in fact he told Jeremiah He said don't pray for them he said I'm I'm not going to hear you anyway And uh, so he explains then, in the next nine verses, he explains why that is. And this is what he says. Then said the Lord unto me, though Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind could not be toward this people. Cast them out of my sight, and let them go forth. And it shall come to pass, if they say unto thee, Whither shall we go forth? Then thou shalt say, Tell them. Thus saith the Lord. Such as are for death to death, such as are for the sword to the sword, and such as are for the famine to the famine, and such as are for captivity to captivity. And I will appoint over them four kinds, saith the Lord, the sword to slay, the dogs to tear, the fowls of the heaven, and the beasts of the earth to devour and destroy. I will cause them to be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth because of Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, for that which he did in Jerusalem. Um, Hezekiah was a good king. His son was Manasseh. Uh, Manasseh reigned longer than any king in Judah, but he was the most wicked. He reigned 55 years. And uh, he, he caused much sin and, and uh, caused the people to to go away from God. Uh, He continues then speaking to Jeremiah here, For who shall have pity on thee, O Jerusalem? Or who shall bemoan thee? Or who shall go aside to ask how thou doest? Thou hast forsaken me, saith the Lord, thou art gone backward. Therefore will I stretch out my hand against thee and destroy thee. I am weary with repenting. And I will fan them with a fan In the gates of the land I will bereave them of children. I will destroy my people since they return not from their ways. Their widows are increased to me above the sand of the sea. I have brought upon them against the mother of the young man a spoiler at noonday. I have caused him to fall upon it suddenly and tears upon the city. She that hath borne seven languisheth. She that she hath given up the ghost. Her son is gone down while it was yet day. She hath been ashamed and confounded, and the residue of them will I deliver to the sword before their enemies, saith the Lord. I know uh, thus far in this message this, uh, is a pretty bleak picture. And uh, I'll, uh, I hope that uh, before the message over you will see some, some uh, positive things too. But uh, here is a... Uh, uh, god and jeremiah speaking and this was a very low time as i mentioned before a very low time in uh, the nation of israel in judah okay then uh, so god explains why he didn't come to their aid and then uh, the next verse jeremiah regrets his life uh, from birth to the present uh, here's what he says woe is me my mother that thou hast borne me a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth I have given I am neither lent on usury nor men have lent to me on usury yet every one of them doth curse me seems like he's he's saying uh, his uh, his idea here is maybe it'd be better if I would never have been born uh, this is a, a there's probably a people like that I hope None of you are, but how do we know? Um, it's really a, a. It comes to a low point in life when a person says, "I wish I was never been had never been born." It's. Uh, uh, but I, there are people like that, and uh, there's there's hope for people like that. This reminds me a little of Job. Job's, uh, Job had the same. Same uh, when he was in, in trouble, he had the very same uh, attitude here. He said, I wish I would have died in my mother's womb and uh, never been born. He was, Jeremiah at this point was a very discouraged individual. He was a very discouraged person. But uh, as we go on here, you'll see that Jeremiah learned some good lessons and uh, there's lessons for us as well. Okay, then uh, God tells of uh, the captivity next. He's answering Job's uh, response with, I wish I had never been born, and then the Lord begins to give uh, Jeremiah here some encouragement in, in the next few verses. The Lord said, Verily, it shall be well with thy remnant. Verily I will cause the enemy to entreat thee well, in the time of evil and in the time of affliction. Shall iron break the northern iron and steel? Thy substance and thy treasures will I give to the spoil without price, and that for all thy sins, even in all thy borders. And I will make thee to pass with thine enemies into the land which thou knowest not, for a fire is kindled in mine anger which shall burn upon you. Uh, if we uh, remember the, the, uh, the accounts of Jeremiah toward the end when, when uh, Nebuchadnezzar came into the city of Judah and sacked it and ransacked it and, and uh, ruined it actually and burned the, the temple and uh, almost the entire city, we find that he was very lenient with Jeremiah. He, was, uh, he told Jeremiah, you can, you can come with me to Babylon, I'll treat you well. You can stay here, you can, you, it's your choice. He said, do what you'd like. Um, but he, he saved Jeremiah's life. Uh, his own people wanted to kill him. His own people wanted to do away with him. And uh, Jeremiah chose to stay and not go to Babylon. So Jeremiah actually was treated well by the enemy, and that's what uh, God told him would be. I will cause the enemy to entreat thee well in the time of evil and in the time of affliction. Then uh, Jeremiah reminds God of his own faithfulness. He says in verse 15, O Lord, thou knowest, remember me and visit me, and revenge me of my persecutors. Take me not away in thy long suffering, for thou, for that, for thy sake, I have suffered rebuke. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. I sat not in the assembly of the mockers, nor rejoiced. I sat alone because of thy hand, for thou hast filled me with indignation. Why is my pain perpetual, and my wound incurable, which refused to be healed? Wilt thou be altogether unto me as a liar, and as waters that fail? Uh, Jeremiah was, here was, uh, um, he was reminding the Lord that he had been faithful, that he had uh, been uh, he had not been with uh, those who were, um, who were mocking. He had not sat with them. He had not, uh, um, and not only that, but he, he, was, uh, um, he was insistent that the, the word of God, the words that the Lord told him were the things that he brought into his life. Uh, actually said I did eat them the words were found and I did eat them it means that into his life he assimilated the word of God he, he made it a part of his life he made it a part of his, his being so that uh, he would know what God wanted him to do and he could uh, he could follow the Lord and he reminded God of this okay then uh, God responds to Jeremiah like this and um, he promises Jeremiah good and he instructs him in this time of trouble and he says it like this therefore thus saith the Lord if thou return then will I bring thee again and thou shalt stand before me and if thou take forth the precious from the vial thou shalt be as my mouth let them return unto thee but return not thou unto them and I will make thee unto this people a fence brazen wall and they shall fight against thee But they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with thee to save thee and to deliver thee, saith the Lord. And I will deliver thee out of the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem thee out of the hand of the terrible. A wonderful promise that God uh, gave to Jeremiah there. Old Old Testament preaching... Uh, needs to reflect New Testament principles. And, uh, and the Old Testament is, uh, uh, should not be used by us just, just for a history book. We should glean from the Old Testament some lessons. And there are lessons here that we want to uh, look at for our present time. I've, uh, I've made a list of seven lessons here, and uh, this is not exhaustive. These, through, in these chapters, you could probably add to this list. There may be more than more than seven, but uh, here's the ones that I have lessons for us presently from this passage of Scripture that we have just read. <clears throat> they are lessons for us in our present time and in situations we find ourselves in. First of all, uh, we should be aware of what God is teaching us in times of adversity. The the children of Israel, uh, God would have liked to teach them uh, through, through the things that they suffered, but they refused to be taught. But uh, when we are Uh, facing adversity when we are facing adverse things uh, God wants to teach us are we looking for what God is teaching us are we looking for what God wants to wants us to know Uh, are we looking for what God is is telling us when we face adversity Uh, too much rain too little rain not enough rain what about sickness? Uh, if we, when we suffer pain, when there's death of friends or family, there's things that we can learn from this, and we need to uh, we need to ask God to help us, uh, and uh, not be discouraged with uh, those things that we look at as adverse things, but uh, to be able to see God in it and to trust Him we can learn to trust in God and through uh, through uh, times of adversity and times of, uh, of problems in our lives we can learn that uh, uh, we can learn our own weakness we can learn our own inability to to um, solve our own problems that's something we can learn it's a lesson we can learn Uh, we can learn God's greatness we can learn how great he is and how merciful he is these are all things and lessons that we can learn when we when we face uh, adverse things in our lives and all of us face things like that Uh, times sometimes things go well and and um, it's like Mark mentioned this morning when do we look to the Lord is it when we're in deep trouble and stuck in the mud or is it before that we need to always look to God and uh, when God brings things into our lives that are adverse and and uh, a bit discouraging to us we can uh, we need to seek out the lessons and what is God saying to us through this second lesson we can learn from this passage our words and actions must be on the same page as our worship uh, Monday through Saturday is when our worship experience is put into shoe leather. You know, uh, God, was, God told Jeremiah, he said, I won't listen to their prayers. I won't, don't, uh, their fast doesn't mean anything to me. Their sacrifices are, are useless, they're meaningless because of their sin. And so our words and actions need to be on the same page as our worship. No one will be convinced of our sincerity if it isn't displayed in daily life. And uh, we, we all have good experiences of worship. We all have good experiences here in this room. But if it don't go any further than this room, what good is it? We need to, um, we can't fool anyone, especially God. He sees our daily life. And He knows our daily life, He knows our thoughts, He knows our, our intentions, He knows what our aspirations are, and um, this all needs to, to coincide with what we learn and how we are on, uh, on Sunday, and when we are, uh, how we are when others see us, how is it when no one sees us, how is it when we are by ourselves? We uh, we need to uh, this needs to uh, be the same the same experience with God as we do when we worship the same experience in our daily lives and how we conduct our lives. Okay, the third lesson I have listed here: Unrepented, long-standing sin will finally bring God's judgment. You know, uh, uh, Judah had many good kings. Uh, the nation of Israel, after after the nation separated, the nation of Israel uh, had not one good king. Uh, all they had there's a few that had some good traits. There's a few that uh, remembered to call on the Lord, and the Lord heard them. But not not one of the kings in, uh, in the nation of Israel after they. De- de- uh, divided, was a good king, but Judah had many good kings, and yet uh, some of the worst were in Judah. Uh, God mentions Hezekiah's son Manasseh, and um, this uh, this continued on. Uh, there was uh, uh, Hezekiah and and um, Manasseh, and then there was I think it was Ammon. And then it was uh, Josiah, and Josiah was a very good king. But from there on, after Josiah was was killed, it just went downhill. And God remembered this as a long-standing sin, and it finally brought God's judgment. <clears throat> and we need to be aware of that. You no, know, we can we can hide our sin we can hide our mistakes we can hide the things we do from our family from our friends but we'll never hide it from god and one lesson we need to learn from this very passage is that that uh, unrepentant long-standing sin will finally bring god's judgment <clears throat> okay number four lesson to survive spiritually in this sinful society we need to assimilate God's word into our lives this is what Jeremiah did he said I found your words and I ate them I took them right into my being and I believe that's what we need to do if we're going to uh, stand out like Jeremiah did in a wicked and sinful society we need the Word of God and we need it badly and we need it every day we need to meditate on it. We need to hide it in our hearts. We need to have it. Um, we need to have it um, handy with us so that we can um, so that we can quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Uh, we need the word of God. <clears throat> okay, number five. Uh, we must discern clearly. The difference between black and white, and avoid the gray areas more and more. This is what what Jeremiah told. Um, he said, uh, "I sat not in the assembly of the mockers, nor rejoiced. I sat alone because of the hand, for thou hast filled me with indignation." And then. In God's response to Jeremiah, he says, Take forth the precious from the vial. Thou shalt be as my mouth. And if thou take forth the precious from the vial, thou shalt be in my mouth. And so we need to clearly discern uh, the difference between what's right and wrong. There are many, many gray areas. There's in our society today, things that, well, is it really wrong for me to do that, or is it, is it not? Is it really uh, harmful, or is it not? Um, those, those gray areas, I believe that uh, we do ourselves a spiritual favor if we um, more and more avoid those kinds of things that are questionable even some things that seem legitimate can fog our minds from seeing spiritual truth you know there's a lot of good in quotes um, reading material there's a lot of good in quotes activities but is it the best choice and does it bring us the most uh... victory the best victory in our lives <clears throat> let's be Of those who uh, can discern what's what's uh, black and what's white and uh, be faithful in that okay the sixth lesson I have listed here we must remain aloof from the sins of an unregenerate society and I thought uh, as I was uh, writing down these notes maybe aloof is is not quite a strong enough word. <laughs> Maybe should be much stronger than that. It says in uh is it first Thessalonians five, one of those little short verses says, Abstain from all appearance of evil. Even that which might appear evil. Abstain from it. <clears throat> Verse 17. I sat not in the assembly of the mockers nor rejoiced. I sat alone because of the, hand, of the hand, for thou hast filled me with indignation. Uh, verse 19, the very last phrase says, Let them return unto thee, but return not thou unto them. Okay, and the last one, number seven, that I listed here, we can rely on God's promise, promises no matter what chaos surrounds us. And there's much of it in our world today. Much chaos. All the way from news reports, it seems like the, uh, every time you look at um, news headlines, somebody's shooting someone else. It's just, it's just uh, every day, nearly. We can rely on God's promises in times like this times of violence uh, whatever we face whatever is is uh, comes our way uh, I believe that we as God's people can trust him uh, the, the Bible um, again and again um, exemplifies this in the lives of God's people uh, that they come to A crisis in their lives, and they can put their trust fully and completely in the Lord, and we can too.